question. Well, um, can we just talk for a minute about how last week was really hard? Last week was really hard, but we made it. You guys made it through at least the smoke part, and I believe that we can get through the rest of this as well. I hope that each one of you are taking this moment right here and cherishing it when we get to gather together for worship. I feel the weather getting colder. This is not going to last forever, but for this moment today, I just want to celebrate the fact that we are together worshiping. Thank you, God. Well, I've got a message here this morning for anyone that's feeling the feels right now. you for a minute what, what I mean by that. We've made it through the first two weeks. Maybe you've got a schedule set up if you're lucky, starting to get used to that schedule. But maybe you're also starting to feel or starting to realize that you feel like you don't quite fit in. As much as you had hoped, you're not quite feeling like you fit in. I've got a message for you if you feel like you are on the outside looking in. Maybe it's the outside of Whitworth culture. Maybe it's the outside of American culture. Maybe it's the outside of white culture. Maybe it's the outside of Christian culture. But for you this morning, if you feel like you are on the outside looking in, like you're out of step with the mainstream, or maybe rather that the mainstream is out of step with you, if you feel like you are an outsider, I've got good to those who are kind of pushed to the edges of society. He, Luke puts himself as the author in these scenes in Jesus' life, and instead of drawing our attention to the mainstream or the majority voices, instead Luke draws our attention to the quiet corners, to the voices of the nobodies. And he highlights the way that Jesus lifts up these voices of people that feel like they're on the outside, and he gives the outsider something to celebrate. Jesus gives them good news. Hear this from Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. When Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. And he stood up to read and was given the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to let the oppressed go free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your 
hearing. One of the authors on my bookshelf at home is a woman by the name of Lisa Sharon Harper. I heard her speak at my church a few years ago when we lived in Michigan, and she told us the most interesting story about how she came to understand the gospel. You see, the word gospel in Greek, euangelion, it literally can be translated good news. The word gospel and good news are interchangeable. And Lisa Sharon Harper shared with me and with my church that Sunday morning how she came to re-understand the gospel as she came to better understand the world around her. You see, she worked for a long time in college ministry, relatable, where they geared most of their programs around wanting students to commit to a set of beliefs in their head about God. Mainly that God loves us, but we're sinful, so we're separated from God. But Jesus died to pay for our sins, and if we believe in him, then we get to go to heaven. Right? This is the gospel that her ministry revolved around, and this is the gospel that I believe in, that a lot of us revolve our lives around, right? Because these are true things. This is a true thing. And this is some good news. I mean, we don't want to, no one wants to languish in hell forever. It's good news that Jesus saves us from that. But, and this is the interesting part to me, after years of ministry, Lisa Sharon Harper, who's an African-American woman and pastor, she went on a trip. It was a really long trip, about a month long, with a group of people that she worked with, and they traveled all over the United States, through 10 different states, and their purpose was, for this trip, their purpose was to study two of the most horrific parts of American history. The first, the Cherokee Trail of Tears, and the second, the experience of Africans on American soil from the time of slavery through the Civil Rights Movement. And after she carefully traced these two historical atrocities, seeing herself in these histories, Lisa Sharon Harper found herself thinking, the good news of my gospel doesn't seem good enough. The good news of my gospel doesn't seem good enough. Because she noticed as she studied these histories that these people that came from Europe in the 16, 17, 1800s, they believed in the same gospel that she did, the same gospel that I believe in, right? And they taught this same gospel with their mouths to the indigenous people that they encountered in America when they came here. And they taught this same gospel to the Africans that they then enslaved with their mouths. They taught the same gospel there, but their lives totally contradicted this gospel. The way they related to these indigenous people and families, to these African people and families, the way that they related to these people totally contradicted this gospel in heart-wrenching ways. 
Lisa noticed that to the indigenous families in America whose lives and whose homes were destroyed, this gospel that these new white people in power brought with them did not feel like good news to indigenous life. To the Africans who were enslaved and treated less than human, something that persists even through to today, this gospel that these white slave owners made sure their slaves believed in did not feel like good news to their black enslaved bodies. This good news wasn't good enough to these who felt like outsiders in this developing American nation. Here in Luke 4, Jesus gives us a better, fuller, richer picture of what the gospel is. The good news that Jesus came to proclaim is really holistically, totally, entirely good news for all of us, but especially those who find themselves on the outside. Listen again with me to this story from Luke 4. So Jesus had been teaching and preaching and healing all over the country, and he was starting to get pretty well known. He was landing speaking gigs all over the place. And so he went back to his hometown, to that synagogue that he grew up in, and in front of all these people that he grew up with, Jesus stood up and read this from the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Did you catch the good news there? This is the thesis statement that Jesus is making and it's the foundation upon which he's going to build his whole life his whole ministry, his life and his death and his resurrection, this is the foundation in just a few phrases. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me, Jesus said, to bring good news to who? The poor, those who are captive, to the blind, to the oppressed. In other words, those who feel like they're on the outside. Jesus is bringing good news to them. And how will he do this? How will he give these outsiders something to celebrate? By releasing those who are held captive. By releasing those who are enslaved. By healing those who are blind. And to those who are oppressed a word that we are hearing a lot more in our culture right now, the good news is that Jesus will give freedom from the oppression. This is how Jesus gives the outsider something to celebrate, and it's how Jesus is defining the gospel. So notice, this is not something that you just believe in your heart or just believe in your head. It's not just a mental checklist. This is not just fire insurance against hell. Instead, 
Jesus is proclaiming a good news that reaches into every part of our life and our world and our communities and our bodies. It's something that we know with our whole lives. Something that's spoken with our mouths, but that's lived out with our whole lives. And that, my friends, gives us something to celebrate, but especially those who are on the outside. It gives us something to celebrate. Gustavo Gutierrez wrote a really important book called A Theology of Liberation. And in it, he says that God has a special heart, a special concern to bring good news to the poor and the outsider. And that special concern is born out of the heart that God has for all of us because we are all outside the holiness of God. Right? Gutierrez says this, the entire Bible, beginning with the story of Cain and Abel, mirrors God's favor for the weak and the abused of human history. And this preference brings out the unmerited character of God's love. That same revelation is given in the Beatitudes, for they tell us with utmost simplicity, Gutierrez says, that God's favor for the poor, for the hungry, for the suffering, it's, it's uh, based on God's unmerited goodness to us all, to us all. It's as though God's love for everyone is seen most pointedly, most clearly, most powerfully in the way that God expresses love to those who feel like they're on the outside. And when those in the majority, those that are on the inside, mirror that same love, and concern for the outsider, when we follow Jesus in this way, in this anointing, we embody the gospel in the way that Jesus wants us to, according to this passage in Luke. So, to the student who feels like an outsider, God's heart is for you and with you. God's heart is for you and with you. Jesus has been anointed by the Holy Spirit to bring you good news in your heart, in your soul, but also in your whole life. And Jesus calls all of us to follow him in this anointing. Jesus calls all of us to follow out an embodied gospel so that those who are on the outside know the good news of Jesus with their whole lives. So as the band comes back up, I want to invite you to meditate on this question. What would it look like for us to share the gospel with our communities, whether that's here at Whitworth, in our res hall, with our families, in our cities, in our country, in our world, what would it look like to share the gospel with our communities in a way that really is good news for those on the outside. Amen?